0: Okay. Now turn it on. Yeah. We're winning so far. Whew. All right. I didn't realize that without a piano player today, I didn't have my offertory little music and my intro music. So Ken's on vacation for the next two weeks, so the band will sound a little different. He also takes up for every chord I miss. <laughs> So I got to talk to him, like, you got to like plan these a little better. Not the days I'm preaching. He can't go on vacation because I got other things to do. But I appreciate Pastor John saying, hey, I need a break. Um, if you see him taking notes, don't worry about it. He says he's not doing any type of uh, evaluation. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for those that don't know me, I'm Adam Crozier. I started in April as the worship pastor, youth pastor slash associate pastor, whatever you want to call me, just don't call me late for dinner. Okay, You like that little line? That's a pastor joke. I have a few of them today. Uh, I grew up with a pastor. Well, actually, I a music minister dad, and then he went into pastoral work when I was in high school, so I definitely know what it's like to be a preacher's son. My mom was a Sunday school teacher. She's here today. You want to give her a high? Yeah, you can clap if you want. (laughs) She surprised me. Um, But, man, I tell you, I love being in church, and uh, so this just kind of was... Uh, a natural kind of progression when I got called almost a year ago to the day I was ordained in the ministry. Let me tell you a little bit about that because that's quick. Um, it, it's a little fast. I'll go as fast as possible. A year ago today, I actually got, I gave my first uh, sermon as a professional minister here. Isn't that cool? Is anybody here for that? All right, yeah. <laughs> it was Father's Day. I was nervous. Um, everything that could go wrong almost went wrong. I was sick. I was puking before. (laughs) And I had preached kind of off and on my whole life, but it was just, I got sick. I was under a lot of stress at work, and then this, and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I got through it, and I appreciate everybody's patience. Right after that, I got called by a church to actually be a pastor. So I was able to pastor at um, Pine Grove Church in Foster, Kentucky. If you're looking on the internet, I'm waving at you. And they actually trusted me to be their, their pastor, and It was an awesome adventure for a while, and then I got the email, the coveted email from Highland Hills, hey, what about this position? And I said, oh, one, it's right down the street, (laughs) Uh, but two, man, I was like, I love to be in the community, and I'm so excited to be in that. So uh, hopefully you guys, as you're talking to me and we encounter each other, you're going to know that there's a passion for community, and I'm going to probably kind of, you know, Ask you to do some things every once in a while, and John's going to ask you to do some things, and the elders are going to ask you to do some things because we have a passion for this community and for spreading God's message to everyone around. So, uh, just be on your toes for that. Um, I want to go into a quick word of prayer, and then I'll begin the message here. Just making sure you didn't give me any type of notes. <laughs> I've, I've had that happen too. All right, let us pray. Our most gracious and loving Heavenly Father. Uh, thank you again for the opportunity just to be with you uh, in this time of worship, Lord. And we just ask a, a special prayer on those that maybe needs to hear this message today. and um, Be with everyone that's here. Be with me as I present it, Lord. And um, if there's anything that is hindering anyone, Lord, uh, we just ask today that we let that go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, we're going to start today's uh, adventure, our sermon, in Hebrews 12. Uh, we're going to do Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. So if you have your Bibles... Uh, turn to Hebrews 12, and I'm reading out of the CSB uh, version right now, but it doesn't matter. I'll probably be uh, telling you a little bit different, uh, uh, different versions of everything, and I'll let you know uh, when I switch. Uh, but let's read that together. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we also have such a large cra- cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. May God bless the reading of his holy word. Man, I tell you what, endurance is a great word. And if you've also hung out with me long enough, you know that I like to talk about my running experiences, or lack thereof. I love to run. Anybody else like to run? Jog? Whatever you want to call it? Yogging? If the J's silent? I love to run. I don't look like I love to run. But I promise you, I do. (laughs) Okay? I know there's a little bit of a, it's a conundrum. You're like, oh, that guy looks like he runs, huh? I promise I do. Just not right now, not today. (laughs) Um, But I was actually recently invited to a running group in Fort Thomas, which is like big deal, right? You're like, okay, now I've made the big time. I see these groups running every morning, and they're like, hey, run with us. And so we meet at Fort Thomas Coffee, and I'm kind of scoping the the people out, and I'm like, I think I can keep up with these people. It's not too bad. And so we were talking about kind of the pace we were going to go at, and they're like, we're probably going to hit like a 10 mile, uh, 10, mile, or 10 mile per hour pace. And I said, okay, I can do about 11 minute mile pace. Uh, so I'll, I'll just increase it a little bit and stay with them. That's not a big deal. I can do this. So I start the jog. Now I'm looking at a couple other people. I'm like, I totally will beat this person. I'm totally going to be with this person. But then I notice people are starting to kind of get ahead of me. No big deal. They've started too fast, I say. You got to pace yourself. This is a run. It's a long distance run. And so I'm pacing myself. I'm already kind of out of sync because I don't have my headphones in. Now I've been running with headphones for probably 15 years. Running without headphones and hearing yourself breathe is another uh, life of its own. So now I start hearing myself breathe and I'm panicking. I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to make it. How long have we been running? I look at my watch, we hit a mile, awesome. What was the average? Nine minute mile. We're already two minutes ahead of schedule, and I'm running miles in nine minutes, an average of nine minutes. This is not going to go well. Okay, so we stop at a stop sign, and I'm like, okay, cool, act cool, act cool. And then somebody comes back to me, and they say, hey, what's your name? I said, Adam. I said, Adam. But apparently, they didn't hear that. They said, Brandon? Brandon? I said, what? I wasn't talking right. I apparently was out of breath so bad that I couldn't even tell them my own name. Then they started jogging again. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> I work at. <out> <laughs> what do you do? I work at. Out... <laughs> and here I am, about to die. Finally, I look at my watch and notice it is time for me to be home. My wife's getting ready for school. Bingo, exit. I look at them and go, guys, I need to turn around and go back. <laughs> My wife's upset. I need to go. She needs to get ready for school. That was not far from the truth. She had a certain time she had to leave. So I did not lie. I really had to turn around. But I realized that day that I can't look at other people's life <laughs> and judge the fact that they're running or not. They've been consistent. They've been running every day. I don't know if they've lost weight. I don't know if they've gained muscle. I can't look at these people and go, hmm. I got them beat. No, because they've been consistent runners this whole time. And this is what I love about the very beginning of Hebrews 12.1, is it automatically they're reminding us that there's a cloud of witnesses that have been consistent in their faith. Okay, so we're already at, I'm like, okay, this is a good one here. Uh, We're being told, don't forget consistency. I look over at these cloud of witnesses, and we've heard Pastor John reference these clouds of witnesses in chapter 11, just a chapter before this one. These are people that actually had great faith, consistent faith, steadfast faith. They've had outstanding victories in their life despite being tortured, being murdered, being uh, basically just bound and anything that they, they went through everything. We can go back, we can look at Rahab was a prostitute. Moses was a murderer. We know Moses' story, and we know David. He did a little bit of everything. And then eventually he was called a man after God's own heart. But these are great clouds of witnesses that stayed steadfast in their faith. They could have been abused. They could have suffered torture, but they kept going. All these witnesses, a the thing that hindered them, they all sinned, but they let that go and continue to follow God. So right off the gate, we're hearing uh, an amazing, just a reminder of how we need to be in our faith. So why does letting go of things that hinder us even matter? Why is he, why is he going to the next, next phase here and says, let me turn the page, the wind blew it. All right. Well, he goes to the next thing and says, let us run with endurance. Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Why does that matter? Well, let's first kind of come out of the gate here. Everybody has sinned. I'm looking, I hope, at at sinners, right? If you haven't sinned, you're you're in the wrong place. Because this is a place for sinners. It's a place for the sick, not the righteous. So let's go ahead and acknowledge that we are all sinners. And the world says, hey, embrace your sin go ahead. It's your authentic self. As a matter of fact, Instagram your sin. Does that not happen? It happens. And so automatically we're being told the complete opposite by the world. So let's go back and look at this one cloud of witness first. In Psalms 90, 12 through 14, Moses writes something a little different than, hey, embrace your sin. He says, teach us to number our days carefully. that we may develop wisdom in our hearts lord how long turn and have compassion on your servants satisfy us in the morning with your faithful love so that we may shout with joy and be glad all our days already we're hearing something different don't embrace your sin life is short number your days so what does that mean number our days um in the in one of the um Commentaries I study um, had a really cool definition of it. Number our days, to consider the shortness and miseries of this life, the certainty and speediness of death, and the causes and consequences thereof. Okay, life is short. Uh, We need to use the time we have more wisely and for good. So that's easy enough, right? Moses said it. That's easy enough to do. Our time is short. What does that really mean? This is called living intentionally. I'm, I'm making a cool word here. Living intentionally. Not wasting time. Watching how we interact with one another. And letting go of the sin that so easily entangles us. So let's look back at Hebrews 12.1. So it says, Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. All right, we are sinners. We all need a little bit of uh, perfecting in our faith. Our faith needs a little bit of perfecting here. So think about this for a minute. Have you ever known someone that is just so steadfast in their faith? Have you ever experienced somebody like that? That just—it's amazing to witness. I have family members like that. They don't worry. They know God has them. Why? One, because they either have witnessed this in the past, they've experienced these victories of things happening where they're like, how am I going to get out of this? And God prevails. Or they get in a trial, they get in tribulation, and God prevails. The most important thing that they do, though, is they have a faith so strong because they have a relationship with Jesus. And in this relationship, even if they've never witnessed a victory, because I have people like that in my life that... They just seem that they're always getting beat down. They still have a faith that endures. And so that's what we're trying to do here. In Hebrews 12, he's saying, continue to look at those clouds of witnesses. Have a steadfast faith. Let things go. So how do we get that faith that endures and allows us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus? It's by tossing that stuff off. Whatever hinders, whatever ensnares. Um, The other word that... um, other versions uses entangles, which I like. You know, you got the vines entangling you. Any Harry Potter fans out there? <laughs> uh, so let's look at what hinders and ensnares us. The first one is like the most important thing for me, because I feel like this is exactly what happens, at least in today's world, and maybe always. But you know, when when it's your life, you think everything happens to you personally. That never happened back in the day. This is real time. Uh, but let's look at Proverbs three. Five through six. So this is Solomon writing. He says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. So that first one's a doozy. Lean not on your own understanding. That's like my number one, I guess, issue in life, because I'm smart, right? Some of you have encountered me. You know I'm intelligent. (laughs) I'm Professor Spark. VBS, we'll get there. (laughs) There's so many times when we try to fix things ourselves, right? We always go, okay, here's a problem. How do I fix it? I'm going to throw money at it. I'm going to throw energy at it. That doesn't work. It says we've got to lean not on our own understanding. Do you have important decisions to make? Have you ever been in the case where you can't trust anyone? That's the devil saying, don't. You know, you've got to figure this out on your own. Don't lean on someone else. Don't ask God. Do it on your own. Do it on your own. God knows what's best for us. So anytime you think anything different, that's the devil going, huh. Pointing you that way. He is a better judge of what we want than we are. We must trust him completely in every choice we make. Now, that doesn't mean that we should just rule out our God-given abilities and skill to be a critical thinker or to think with reason, but eventually you have to lean on what God says and take his direction. We're not to be wise in our own eyes. We should always be willing to listen to and be corrected by God and God's counsels. So we do this by praying, reading the Bible, and then ultimately going back and making sure God is leading us. So that's number one. That's the biggest thing that ensnares or hinders, I think, anyone, any human being, is the fact that we think we can do it on our own. The next one is, it kind of is a bunch of things together, but I'm going to use one word first, and that's forgiving. So letting go is also to forgive, and when you forgive, you're unloading a ton of stuff. And this is where Paul comes in. He talks in Ephesians 4:31, 32. And he gives us a cool list of things that just it says, stop. He says, let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you, along with malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as also God forgave you in Christ. Now, this next sentence, when I, when I came across this in my studies, I didn't want to even write it down. <laughs> it, it is harsh because I know people in my life that I'm like, just forgive them. Or there's times when I find it hard to forgive. I'm like, really? I got to forgive this person? But in my studies here, this is it. I'm going to say it anyway. This, those who are unwilling to forgive may be carrying the heaviest burden because they're not becoming one with Christ. You're basically rejecting what Christ is all about. He forgave those who crucified Him. So I'm thinking we can probably forgive Jim Bob for taking my 10 millimeter socket wrench that I can never find. Right? Hopefully. No, (laughs) that's an important one, I feel like. He borrowed it three years ago. I'll forgive him, I'll let it go. I feel like this, I should have had. Anna from Frozen up here today singing Let It Go. For anyone that has kids, you've seen that movie. There's an energy of walking around and having to remember why you can't forgive somebody. Right, you're sitting there going, ah, I don't, I don't like that person, or they've done me wrong, and you have to remember that every time you see somebody. Let it go. It's so much easier to go. You know what? I forgive that person because God forgave me. End of story is over. You don't have to think about it anymore. I love that person because Jesus loved me first. Let it go. And then we'll go back to Solomon on our last little piece of weight that might hinder us. We're going to look at Ecclesiastes 11.10. So then, banish anxiety from your heart. Cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigor are meaningless. Youth and vigor are meaningless? Some of our anxieties, our worries, our sorrow—I'm going to end up tripping on this thing. It's—it's it's there for a reason, I promise. Some of our anxieties, worries, and sorrows—they could probably be traced back to when we were younger. It may be some choices we made. <laughs> no, nobody. Oh, just me. Okay. <laughs> you know, as you grow up, you think I'm invincible. I'll make this choice now and then. And you know what? Oops. You grow up later and maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your back pain because you would pick up something wrong every time you did it. You know, I was, a, I was actually um, kind of blessed to meet a carpenter one day who was just telling me all these stories about when he was in the army and he would jump off the of planes and how he would, they would train him how to land on vehicles. And, but then he said, but I have a broken wrist. You know, I have two uh, completely new knees. And he was a young guy. But he was important in his job, and this is what he did. It was a really cool story. I have to tell you all sometimes. Was, I mean, it blew me away. But when he was younger, he could do that. And now he can't, you know, there's a lot of things he can't do because of his, his youth, his, his job at the time. Solomon says, banish that anxiety from your heart, cast off the troubles of your body. The King James Version actually has that sentence as evil, relieve evils from thy flesh. Oof. evil's from thy flesh. I think we can do that. But if you don't think the choices we make have a huge impact on our future, ask someone a little older if that's true. Now, you can't ask anybody in this room because there's nobody that old in here to ask. They all have, st- have tons of life to experience still. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, we do mess up sometimes. That causes me to stress out. We got to forgive each other. We got to be able to say, "Hey, relax. Don't worry. The anxiety has to be lifted." So now we can look at the full list of what hinders and ensnares. So I do have this little thing on the. I think it's on the bulletin, even. But if you want to write this down, what hinders and ensnares? So we have our own understanding, bitterness, wrath, anger, shouting or clamor, depending on what you're reading, um, slander malice, and anxiety. Now, I, ho- I, you know, I hope everyone's dealing with whatever's on this list you know, in a good way to where you're thinking, okay, I have a relationship with God. God is taking care of it. But if you're seeing something on this list and you're saying, ooh, that is me, there's three words. Let it go. That's, that's the hope and that's the message today. Just let it go. All right, so I'm going to give you a little example here. Because in my running heydays, I was a pretty, pretty awesome runner. To the fact that I said uh, to my wife, Hey, can you get me a weighted vest so I could run with weights on my body? <laughs> and this is what it is. Look at this sucker. And it's heavy. I'm going to put it on. Maybe. I mean, I'm not kidding. It is heavy. I don't know where. I got oh. I knew it was going to happen. I don't know where I got this idea at. I think uh, I was watching the CrossFit games or something, and they were being cool. But check this out. I would put this on. Now I will tell you just kind of what I'm experiencing right now. It's a lot of weight. So my back is already being compressed, okay, this is heavy. My back's already being compressed. And now, my ribcage is being, is being constricted. I can't breathe in this thing. Why do we do this to ourselves? This is what we do every day. We put on our own understanding. We keep the bitterness inside. We don't forgive. And we're basically just crushing our souls. Give me a second. There we go. So unprofessional. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this stuff off hopefully. John, you want to help me? (laughs) Because we're going to, I got a little illustration here. I didn't give him a heads up, but there's sometimes when you have weight on you. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, come on up. I know you didn't put on your makeup, your camera makeup today, but (laughs) Um, we're going to, some days, and this is the purpose of a church. We're here to help each other. I can't get this weight off my back. I'm going to have to ask John to get these off. We're going to undo this. We're going to pull out some weights. And the first one John's going to pull out for me. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And then I need you to throw it on the ground. Make a point. Just drop it. Like drop it nicely and, you know. Boom. There you go. That's my bitterness. It's gone. Better get my list out. So. <laughs> All right, next one. Take it away. What are you dropping? Ooh, that's my anger. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know. That's my wrath. Appreciate it. Ooh, I'm I'm starting to lean. (laughs) There's my slander. Shouting. Okay. Is that it? All right. Good. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Sometimes we need help. Oh, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I can do this one. (laughs) Now, I'm going to do a couple because my own understanding is a lot. So there that goes. (sighs) I feel better now. Just to let you know, I can breathe again. Now, when he was taking that off, all the weight was leaning this way. That's another metaphor, I guess, but that's cool. And there's my anxiety. It's finally gone. Awesome. Now, God says remove and replace. So that's my next job. Now i have destroyed my headset. Hold on. I made sure Ken wasn't here while I did this one. <laughs> All right. He says, well, what do I replace it with? Well, I started replacing it with this sucker. Has anybody ever seen these when you run? Oh, it's a lifesaver. Because I can run for two hours very, very slow. But I'll run for two straight hours looking like this. But I do need something, and this gives me my water. I'll put my little gel packs in here and I'll have a banana and I'll just make a morning out of it. And I also don't even sometimes she'll text me, are you coming home? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just running. like Miles and miles. I love doing that. But that's what we have to do. We have to remove the weights and replace it with something a little bit better. So in Matthew 11, to wrap this up, we'll do Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary. And burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And I'm telling you, not only is this light, but it's functional. You know, Jesus has a purpose. The other stuff literally just weighs me down. This actually serves a purpose. I'm feeling new, I'm feeling lighter, and I'm feeling kind of refueled. I'm going to go ahead and keep preaching for 20 more minutes. Ooh, y'all's faces. (laughs) This is what we need to strive for, a life that continually has a purpose, that feels new when you wake up. I've had days when I've woken up and I'm just miserable already. Why? Why? God's given me a chance to breathe. God's given me a chance to be here with you guys. I've had a blast working on BBS stuff. I'm telling you what. The church is where you want to be. You should be. And if you don't, let's talk about that too. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. We're going to forgive each other. We're going to not lean on our own understanding. Everything we do is because God had directed us to do so. And if we don't know what we're doing, we need to go back and figure it out. Pray, read our Bible, and take God's lead. So my question for you guys today, what is holding you back from having that faith that is just uncompromised? Because there's a lot of people that don't have it anymore. Our faith should grow upward. It shouldn't grow weary. It shouldn't give up. What's holding us back? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it wrath of some sort? Do you just want to wake up and start going crazy and destroying things? Or is it maybe something like your own understanding? Because for me, that is where I always always think I have a better answer. You know, if you ever try to repair a car, and you don't take out certain things and put things back the way they should be, even though you may have replaced the th- the part you needed, if you don't replace the other stuff and put it back, it's not going to work. So I've got to figure out that way of putting that car back. I can't just look at it and go, "Well, I think it goes here." We don't need this part anymore. No, I can't lean on my understanding of that. But unfortunately, we focus and uh, we kind of do that in our life. So I'm going to end with this. Think about. What could be holding you back? Look at that list. Keep that list in your pocket, in your Bible. Anytime you open it, there's, those, there's eight things. Pray to God to remove that stuff from your life. One day I'm hoping that people go, hey, that, was a, that guy was a cloud of witness himself. We could put his name in, in that list with David and Moses. I'll take that. He had a good, they have strong faith. Can they say that about you? Can they hopefully say that about me? So I'm going to ask the band to come up and not trip on any of the weights. (laughs) And then I'll have John up here with me. But if you want to make any type of uh, decision or just say, I need to let go, I don't know what of, or I don't know how, this is your opportunity to do that. Think about it. There's so many things that we could be doing with our faith. One is not stressing about gas prices. That might be a good thing. Should we be aware of it? Yes. But we don't need to completely lose our faith because of it. So let it go, and let God. Let us pray. Our most gracious and holy heavenly Father, Lord, you've shown us today and through this week of studying, Lord, that we have got to let go of things that we try to make sense of. We've got to let go of the things that are just holding us down and keeping us from having that faith and trusting in you completely. If there is someone here, Lord, just let them have that faith. Let them have that strength to move and to give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand.